Hi, hello, and welcome back to the Who's That Then podcast. Doesn't it feel absolutely amazing to be back again together? Now, I know some of you out there looked eagerly at your podcast site of choice on Sunday, expecting a brand new episode of this, which is obviously your favourite podcast. But where was it to greet you? There was nothing. Emptiness. The cold hold of silence. You must have thought to yourself, hmm, I wonder why there's no episode. I'll wait for next week. There will surely be one then. And so you, my dearest, gentlest listener, waited a whole week, and still when Sunday came round, nothing. What on earth is this, you said to yourself? Where is my new episode? Dear gentle listener, I understand your feelings. I understand your sentiments, and so let me explain. I needed to take a little bit of time away from the podcast to deal with some other things that I had going on in my real world, in the actual world, in my real life. It got a little bit too much for me and everything got all on top of me, so I needed to take a second and then take a second week to deal with everything that was going on and the burnout that I was feeling. But now, I am back, I'm feeling refreshed and rejuvenated, I'm so excited to be making another episode and I think this one's going to be fantastic. I have some thoughts to share when we get to the end of this episode, but I think we've all waited long enough, so let's get stuck right into this. I love three periods of history more so than any other. The first of these is Rome, specifically 100 BC to 100 AD, that sort of late republic, early empire, is just an amazing mix of politics and warfare, great minds and people, and just chaos, I love it. The second of these is the golden age of piracy. Now, I spoke about this quite a lot in our very first episode. The history and the stories of the great men and women who lived and sailed the sea back then is just amazing, and I love them. And I'm sure we're going to talk about them again in future episodes. My third favourite period of history is sort of Northern Europe in the Dark Ages. English Heritage has it as the Dark Ages in England as 410 to 1066 AD. This is the time that the Saxons, Angles and Jutes fought and settled in England. This is the time of the great English kingdoms rising. This is where English as a language begins and where we get the word cake from. But it's also the time of Viking raids and Scandinavian expansion into Britain. We have such a romanticised view of the Vikings, with their big horned helmets and huge ships, their tattoos and long hair and beards. I know that their helmets didn't have horns. I know that the idea of their tattoos only comes from a single source, and it isn't something that we can know for certain. Even though I know it's all an over-exaggeration and a modern dramatisation, I find the whole period to be so fascinating. And so today, we are going to talk about a man who has, in my opinion, the coolest subriquet. Well, the joint coolest subriquet with a man named Thorfinn Skullsplitter. Our podcast today is about Eric Bloodaxe. Let me get right out ahead at the start and say I'm going to be using the word Viking quite a lot. Now I know that Viking is not a description of a people, but rather a job. The people of Scandinavia who went out and went Vikinging, or Vikinger? Vikering. Whatever the right word would be. The people who went out from their homes in Scandinavia to raid and pillage and reeve and that other word beginning with R that I'm not going to say on new lands and conquests and that sort of thing. I'm also going to be using the word Dane quite a lot, or Danish. Now, I know that our Eric Bloodaxe was Norwegian, 
But in Anglo-Saxon Chronicle and in various other chronicles, Dane or Danish is used quite often to describe all of the people sort of from Northern Europe, from Scandinavia, who came into England. I will also be using the word Norwegian just to make it extra confusing for you. Just know I'm talking about the same cultural group, although I know that they are from different parts of the world or different parts of Scandinavia at least. Now, also, I don't speak Norwegian, so I might struggle with a couple of the words. I'm very sorry about that. I'm trying my best, I promise. So let's get straight into this because I can tell you, dear gentle listener, I am so excited. Our Eric Bloodaxe was a three-time king. He was first the king of Norway. In 872, King Harald Feinherr won the Battle of Hafrosfjord and united all of Norway under one king and established a great dynasty that would rule over Norway forever and ever, right up until the current king. Only, of course, that isn't the case. Modern research points to the battle taking place in the 880s rather than 872. King Harald Feinherr may not have even existed, and his dynasty hasn't ruled over Norway since. Unification is a really long process. It takes many, many, many years and a whole bunch of different things to happen before it really takes. The unification of Norway is a really long process as well. Oh, and simply because I looked it up and I wanted to tell somebody, the current king of Norway is Harald V, and he's a member of the House of Glucksburg. For today's story, we're going to go on the assumption that King Harald Feinherr was a real person, and he won his great unifying battle in around 885. Harald had somewhere between 10 and 20 sons with numerous women according to various different sagas. I think that we can all agree, that is a lot of sons. And now feels like a really good time to say that sagas aren't historical fact. They aren't a historical accounting of what took place down to every last detail. However, they are a relatively good outline of probably correct events. So, just remember to take everything I say here with a pinch of salt. Eric set about creating a reputation for himself, and he apparently started his Viking career aged 12. He spent four years raiding and fighting his way across the coasts of Denmark, Germany, Frisia, which is a cultural region split between Germany and the Netherlands today, and then he spent another four years raiding in Scotland, Ireland, and France. He then went up to Lapland and northern Russia. The man got around. Back in Norway, Harald had separated his kingdom out to be ruled by his sons as client rulers. Out of all of his sons, Eric was Harald's favourite and probably eldest. He had a lot of issues with his half-brothers, and this led to him savagely murdering his brother Rangvold, or Rogvalder, the ruler of Hadeland. He then went on to kill his brother Bjorn Farman, the ruler of Vestfold. He apparently did both of these murders on the order of his father, and I can't imagine this made him very popular with his brothers or stepmothers. And when their father died, Eric had to defeat the combined force of his brothers Olaf and Sigrid. Eric did this, and he became the king of Norway. Eric's rule in Norway is somewhat tyrannical. It was also really, really, really hard to date. The dates that have been given are 931 to 933, but again, grain of salt, gentle listener. During his harsh reign, 
he continued killing his brothers that challenged his rule. His brother Hakon, however, escaped this fate, because years before, while Harold was still alive, Hakon was sent to the court of the first king of England, Athelstan. A quick side note here. Athelstan is the grandson of Alfred the Great, and he's the son of Edward the Elder. Edward had set about reconquering traditionally Saxon lands that had been taken by Danish and Norwegian Vikings. Edward defeated most of the Danish England, and his son Athelstan went ahead and finished off the rest, winning the Battle of Brunnebur in 937. Athelstan regularly fostered the children of his potential allies, and he had a somewhat decent relationship with Harold Finehair in Norway, and so he agreed to serve as foster father of Harold's son, Hakon. Hakon had been raised in England by Athelstan, and he had a good love and an understanding of the English court. It even said that he was made Christian by his time there. Hakon sailed back to Norway, where he met a large contingent of Norwegian nobles. And another little side note here. Eric is known as Eric Bloodaxe, and this is either because of his Viking career, or more likely, because of his series of brother-killing fratricide. One Latin text calls him Fratus Interfector, brother-killer. Hakon, on the other hand, is known as Hakon the Good. So you can really see the difference in naming convention here. Anyway, Eric is made to leave by his brother Hakon and this new uprising of Norwegian nobles. And this is where the histories and the sagas all diverge from each other. Some say he went straight for England, where he was made King of York by a wily bishop, and then Athelstan proceeded to die. Other accounts have him making a brief stop in the Hebrides in Scotland. The Anglo-Saxon Chronicle and the Irish Chronicle also have different events. It all gets very confusing, and I'm sure you're probably already confused, but see if you can make sense of this. <clears throat> Ready for this? Eric became King of Jorvik, which is also Ethelwick, formerly Iboricum. He is the King of Northumbria under the overlordship of Athelstan, or in place of Athelstan because they wanted to be free from the southern king. Unless, of course, Eric didn't make it to England before Athelstan had died, and now his brother Edred, or maybe Edmund, was in charge. You see what I mean? There is... A lot of very similarly named people and very confusing dates. And the way I read it to you is the way that it reads. That wasn't me over-dramatizing it. That is how it sounds. It's very confusing, dear gentle listener. It's very, very confusing. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pick the one that makes the most sense to me, but also maintains a good story. Now, I understand that isn't how history works, but damn it, that is how this history is going to work. Athelstan, towards the end of his life, appointed someone to govern Northumbria. The chronicles don't say who this is, but I think it, we can assume that it's Eric who was made ruler of, in Northumbria because of Athelstan's friendship with King Harold Finehair. Also, Athelstan wasn't a fool, and he knew that the population of Northumbria and Jorvik, which is now York, by the way, was predominantly Dane and Viking and Norwegian, and so it makes sense to have somebody who is of that cultural group and Thaif to be in charge. Eric's reign in York after Athelstan's death was an independent one. Athelstan's successor was only 18 at the time, and he wasn't strong enough to take full control. 
Eric's main role in Jorvik, which, as I said, is the Viking name of the Kingdom of York, was to keep out the Scots and the Irish Vikings from Dublin. During his kingship, he repeatedly raided and pillaged the Scottish kingdoms as well as the Irish Sea. This, in part, was to fulfil his need to go Viking, but also to weaken his enemies whilst enriching himself. It's a sensible idea. Though, it didn't really work, because Eric was ousted as King of Jorvik in 948 by a king named Olaf. Eric became king in 947. Yeah, he was only king for a year. Apparently, however, the Northumbrians really wanted Eric back. I mean, it's probably so he could have a proper going at it. And so they ousted Olaf, and they put Eric back on the throne from 952 right up till his death in 954. Yep, Eric was only King of York for another two more years before he died. All of the sources, they all seem to agree that he died in battle. Some of the sources say that he died along with five kings of the Hebrides and two earls of Orkney. It may be that Eric was killed by Olaf's son, Maccus, which is a hell of a name. But once again, the sagas and the chronicles don't seem to agree on anything here, but I say we go with it. After Eric's death at Stanimore, if that's where he died, the last independent Viking kingdom was taken over by the English kingdom once again. Some people see this as the end of the first era of Viking Britain, because there isn't another Danish Viking force in England until the 980s. And that, dear gentle listener, is the story of Eric Bloodaxe. That's a really cool name, isn't it? I mean, come on! Some of my other favourites are Edmund slash Bjorn Ironside, Suleiman slash Bartok the Magnificent, and the aforementioned Thorfinn Skullsplitter. That is amazing. That might be my new favourite one. I'm also a big fan of the Conqueror title. I think it's really cool. You have Mehmed and William the Conqueror. And a little side note here about William the Conqueror, because one, I think it's really important, and two, it's kind of relevant. Athelstan is the first king of England, and yet so many lists that you see will begin with the Norman conquest of England. When we look back at English history from our modern perspective, we see England being more connected to France and Spain and the continent. But at this time, during Eric's time, before Billy the Conqueror came across the Channel and fought the Saxon king of England, Harold, who had just come south from fighting Harold. Yes, there are two Haralds, one Saxon and the other's Norwegian. England was very much a part of the Scandinavian world before Billy comes to town and flips the whole country on its head. But that, dear gentle listener is a tale for another episode of the Who's That Then podcast. It is really, really hard to track down actual history and fact about the people who lived and died during the Viking Age. To be honest, the reason they call it the Dark Ages is because of that lack of written sources, right? Because people aren't writing at the time. And a lot of the sources that we're using here are either saga or written down chronicles that took place much later. That is true, and that is why I can't go into tremendous detail about Eric Bloodaxe. But I hope that by telling the story, by telling it the way that I have, I've helped convey the general feeling, the image going in of Eric. Picture him however you want, you know, Viking in your mind, whatever that looks like to you. 
Just make sure that he has an axe. And presumably it's bloody. Eric represents the last independent Viking king in England. And I don't think that's something that can be overlooked. And I know that England will later on have more Viking kings. Sven Forkbeard and Canute the Great are both Danes and they're both the king of England. And Canute the Great is actually my favourite king of England. I really like him. He's one of those kings that sadly gets overlooked because of that same Billy the Conqueror is the first one type mindset. So I think it's really important to take some time and to look back on those pre-Norman kings and queens and people. And so I'm going to tell you now, for a future episode, we will be talking about Athelfled, that is the Lady of Mercia. She's the sister of Edward, she's the daughter of Alfred, and she's the aunt who helped raise Athelstan. She's an amazing, amazing, amazing woman, and I'd love to talk about her in the future. And with all of that said, I have some announcements. I don't remember my announcements. Bear with me. Oh yeah. So going forwards, I'm going to be releasing episodes every two weeks. At least that's what I'm going to aim for. Now, I'm sorry for the change in scheduling, but this is the best way that I can guarantee the quality of every single episode. I also didn't really do those themed episodes, did I? My bad. Mia culpa. Mia maxima culpa. I, I've also had an idea for a longer episode, where we're talking about multiple lives in one go. What I mentioned there about Alfred, Edward, Athelfled, and Athelstan, I was thinking about doing all of them in one mega episode. I mean, what do you think about that? Is that something that would be interesting? Is that something that you think, absolutely no, that would be terrible? Are you thinking, for the love of God, let's get out of England? Please, do let me know. You can always reach me. I'm very easy to find through email or messaging. Remember, the Instagram and the email are linked below. But just to say them, is who's that then podcast, all one word, and the Gmail is exactly the same, but with the at gmail.com at the end. With that said, let me say one final thing. One of my absolute top three podcasts of all time is the amazing Scandinavian History Podcast. I absolutely love it. And if you found this episode to be interesting and you'd love to hear more about Hakon the Good and his reign over Norway or even just more about the history of Scandinavia, I cannot recommend it enough. If, as well, you'd like to know more about Anglo-Saxon England, I cannot recommend the History of England podcast any more highly. It is amazing. It is another one of my top three podcasts of all time. I absolutely love both of them. And if this is a period that you're interested in, like me, I know that you will love these podcasts as much as I do. Now, with all of that said, the weather here in London today is nearly 30 degrees Celsius. And because of the need for silence while recording, I've had to close all the windows, turn off all the fans, and I am dying in here, ladies and gentlemen. Now, I know some of you are from much hotter countries, and 30 degrees Celsius must be nothing to you. I'm I'm from England. We are known for cold and rainy and wet. I am struggling, dear gentle listener. I feel like a lobster. 
I hope that all of you have an amazing and fantastic week, dear gentle listener. Stay happy and healthy and safe in this mega hay fever time. And make sure you drink plenty of water if it's hot where you are. Make sure to stay in the shade. No heat stroke for you, dear gentle listener. And so, until I see you again, bye bye for now.